It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Hello, welcome to America Out Loud with Colonel Rhett John. This session, we're going to have uh, several topics. And uh, first of all, what I want to talk about is the attack that occurred uh, on the 7th of October uh, in Israel. And it was the worst loss of life since the Holocaust. Uh, it's a horrible thing, horrible thing. Um, and uh, Hamas is a terrorist group. Let's let's be totally clear on this. Hamas is a terrorist group, a designated terrorist group. And uh, you have to look at it in geopolitical terms. Hamas really uh, works for, uh, is uh, a proxy for Iran. Iran is a proxy for China. In many ways, China the Chinese Communist Party was the arsonist. But what I want to talk about specifically on uh, this is I want to call it above or below the cut line. Above or below the cut line. What I'm talking about is the intelligence priorities stack. Now, not well known or well understood, even by those in the intelligence community or those national security professionals who depend on the output of the intelligence community to make operational and policy decisions. It's the intelligence priority stack. And to just give a clear and simple explanation, there is an intelligence priority stack of uh, code word operations of requirements to be collected upon uh, uh, priority intelligence requirements. There literally is a priorities list. And if you want to nerd or geek out on policy, I urge everybody to go to Intelligence Community Directive 204, 204. Go right to the uh, Director of National Intelligence website and read through that, peruse that. That is the guidance. That is the guidance on how you come up with the stack. And this list is very important. And it can be reorganized. Uh, 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 oftentimes, there's presidential involvement, presidential briefing uh, by the National Security Advisor. And you have representatives in the, in the uh, executive office, uh, Eisenhower Executive Office building, that big grand gray building uh, to the uh, as you're uh, at the Washington Monument looking at the White House. It's that big building to the left. The entire U.S. government used to fit into the EEOB, the entire U.S. government. But so they, the, the intelligence priority stack is, is, is uh, redone uh, depending on a number of factors. And so it could be it could be go uh, uh, as things happen. I'm sure the attack is now uh, one uh, definitely one of the top three on the intelligence priority stack. But here's my concern. Here's my concern. Um, we, we, we do not have vast, although there are vast resources of the intelligence community, uh, 
Uh, and you look on the uh, there's uh, there's a uh, uh, that's another topic. But if you look on there, you can actually find part of the DNI website shows the uh, total annual budget of the IC. This is the entire black budget. So this is everything. This is everything. And uh, the uh, and it's about roughly uh, I think it's roughly about eighty billion a year. It was eighty billion for a while in the eighties, eighties, uh, low high seventies. It's dropped down for a little bit. It's back up there again. But we have, there was a vast resources, but I still don't have enough resource to cover everything. So you got a cut line, and if it's above the cut line, you you apportion resources to it. If it's below the cut line, it doesn't necessarily mean that things are not collected upon. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but what it means is uh, it may not actually, uh, it may not actually, uh, uh, any resources are spent on actually analyzing the raw intelligence. So uh, actually, there, it may be collected upon, but it literally just falls on the floor. And I've been in situations where literally the high-speed printers are, are spewing out reams of paper at high speed, but they're not the priority. And you're literally walking and stepping on this as you're getting to the workstation uh, where the the prioritized intelligence is at so you can uh, the, the raw intelligence so you can work it and uh, sort it and analyze it and and act upon it because in the end uh, all of this goodness is uh, it's all about action it should be about action but we really need to know the house and the senate intelligence committees should demand to know immediately what did the intelligence priority stack look like on October 5th, 2023? We need to know that. And not just, not just the intelligence committees, the American people need to know this. This is, this should not be a secret. Uh, and a lot of this stuff, you know, we always talk about overclassification in the, in the U S government. This is, and it often is, but we, the, the American people are, are the customers and they're paying for this. They, they need to know. Now, there's been, uh, and I noticed this when I was in government, uh, the Obama-Biden team uh, just has this disdain for Benjamin Netanyahu. And we need to know, did the Biden team give the code red to put all things Israel and Hamas below the intelligence collection cut line? That's pretty important. We need to know that. And, and these committees need to go after this immediately, immediately. What did it look like? Now, actually, the Intel Committee should already have that list, but they need to reconfirm it. And shame on the intelligence uh, if, they, if they allowed all things Israel uh, and uh, for their oversight roles, they allowed all things Israel and Hamas to be put below the cut line. Shame on Congress. We need to know truth on this. But again, the Obama-Biden team has just had this visceral dislike of of Benjamin Netanyahu, and it, you got to look at it. The original, the original election interference operation. It was 2015, and uh, the, the the we used U.S. government resources, taxpayers' money, your money, my money, to aggressively meddle and interfere in Benjamin Netanyahu's reelection. It didn't work out. But uh, it, it was a very active program, and I was not read on to that and participating, but I was sure aware of it and sure sure aware of what was going on. 
Uh, but this this sated the appetite for the Obama Biden team to replay it in 2020 after they were caught napping in 2016 and their boy Hillary didn't make it into office. So we need to know we need to know this list. Now another question I really want to I mean it's been brought up is is uh, the Egyptians there's been statements that the Egyptians warned the Israelis now the I think some there's been some denials by Israel and there's been some personalities on our side of the ledger that have have questioned that um, I don't question that I I don't I don't dis, I don't dis, uh, 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 dismiss it out of hand like some, and I think that's unwise. Um, and actually, I, I, I'm kind of familiar with this. I've been in the room multiple times where, where the Israelis and multiple Arab states worked very closely together in a very open and collegial way. I mean, it was kind of took a little getting used to, but to see the uh, Israeli flag uh, right in among all the uh, are the all the Arab states uh, or the participating Arab states. It was uh, it was pretty interesting, and they had a very good relationship. So it's a very po- it's very possible. Um, and I've also managed several official information sharing agreements and arrangements with key strategic partners, and I I, I see how these things work. It's very reciprocal. We share something, we get something in return. We share something, we get something in return. It's always the key tenet of reciprocity. Uh, that's why they call it information sharing. So I think the Egyptian warning is is plausible uh, and possible. I'm not 100% convinced. I'm not saying it absolutely for sure happened, but I, I think it's a possibility. Uh, and, uh, and so I don't think it should be dismissed out of hand. Um, now there's also some talk about did, uh, uh, did Benjamin Netanyahu let this happen? Did the Mossad let this happen? I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think so. I don't know for sure, but this is, let me, let me talk about one thing here is Mossad and and others like MI5, MI6, and some other of our strategic partners, uh, they have excellent intelligence services. Absolutely excellent. And I'd put Mossad right up there at the top. They when they when they are focused on a topic, they are very good. Uh, just it's really it's their their processes, procedures, and uh, their outcomes are are excellent, and they're very good. They don't have the bandwidth, though. America, on the other hand, we have enormous bandwidth, but the cancerous effect of wokeness, the politicalization, the weaponization of the IC also is a huge negative drag coefficient to the uh, effectiveness of the American IC. So we have broad, we have broad bandwidth, immense capability, but we have this this liability and just this the craziness of wokeness, politicalization, weaponization, which makes us not as effective when we need and should be focusing. Israelis are kind of the inverse of that. 
and this is where I say they they can't be every Basad cannot be everywhere at once. And this is part of the but you leverage this tool because our our opponents think that the CIA, the American IC is everywhere. Well, they're not. But okay, we'll just play along and okay, you got us. We're everywhere. Even though we aren't. And no matter how much you try to explain this, the many are convinced they're everywhere. No, they're not. But okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take that and play it and play it to our benefit. Uh, Mossad, as good as they are, they can't be everywhere. And I think you know, my assessment so far is I think they were just playing. Um, I think there was a, a, a very focused operational security exercise on the side of Hamas to really give the impression they were out of the terrorist business. I mean, almost a Northern Ireland situation where the IRA uh, was uh, tired of fighting and would Sinn Féin would begin uh, discussions and negotiations. But it was a ruthless um, canard and trick. And uh, but Hamas did a I I, I would assess at this time a, a a good job of giving the impression. <laughs> Excuse me. That uh, they were this they they were out of the fighting business. And conflict one hundred and one is uh, you can't begin peace discussions, peace negotiation, peace making until both sides are done with fighting. So it looks like the Israelis were essentially uh, caught off guard much like the 1973 war and the critical time of uh, events of saturday morning of roughly 6 30 a.m local time when the when the massive barrage started and it was uh, it appeared to be the highest volume of fire in the shortest amount of time that israel has ever taken there's been larger overtime barrages, but not in this short of time. So it overwhelmed Iron Dome, it appears. But the, the critical, just like 9-11, where we thought that hijackings meant that the, uh, the hijackers were going to bring the planes to land and then discussions would begin. Instead, they crashed into the building. I know some people don't uh, don't think that happened, but uh, uh, you know the 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 normal uh, modus operandi was barrage takes place, everybody shelter in place, and that's essentially it. However, part of the trickery was that a immense barrage took place, and then a ground assault at many points took place, a swarming assault that surprised and overwhelmed and broke the paradigm of what had happened in the past. So I thinking uh, at this point in time, uh, Mossad, the Israelis were overwhelmed. So I, I don't ascribe to Benjamin Netanyahu, Mossad, let it happen. I don't, I don't think that happened, but I'm, uh, you know, you never know.
I don't take, I don't totally take things off the table. I, I only take things off the table if there's just patently evidence that they should be taken off the table. And I, I just not taking it off the table, but I think it's uh, using that intelligence community term. I think it's a low likelihood. So there you go. And I also wanted to point out uh, American ICD directive um, 191 duty to warn. It is a legal requirement that the American intelligence community warn American citizen and non-U.S. persons of imminent intentional killing, serious bodily injury, or kidnapping. I've been warned twice under this. So we may not only have a failure here, we have a crime. We may have a crime committed by the IC and the IC chain of command all the way to the top. So God bless you. God is in control. Do not fret. Fretting is a sin. This is uh, Colonel Rhett John, and I can. Uh, my new book is out. War Against the Deep State. You can uh, uh, get it at waragainstthedeepstate.com. And uh, thank you very much. Also, Colonel Rhett John on Substack, Getter, and Truth. Colonel Rhett John, Substack, Getter, and Truth. War Against the Deep State. Out now. The unlawful fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government. The creation of the mass surveillance state. And the, the plan to take it down. So there you go. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash outloud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. 
everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Hello and welcome back. This is Colonel Rhett John, Colonel R.E.T. John, America Out Loud National Security Hour. Welcome back, Colonel Retired John Mills, but Colonel R.E.T. John on Substack, Getter, and Truth. And my new book is out, War Against the Deep State, War Against the Deep State. And that is about, uh, well, it's about the unlawful uh, second third or excuse me fourth fifth and sixth branches of government the administrative state the fusion of law enforcement intelligence and big tech and also the nonprofits, and also the creation of the mass surveillance system which i, I was a part of the interagency team we started with good lawful reasons to protect americans from the foreign extremist threat and it's been weaponized it's been weaponized against us so we gotta we gotta take care of this so uh welcome back and um so on this segment what i wanted to do is i wanted to go over this uh we clearly have a little green man problem inside of america and you're saying colonel red john what is a little green man problem well it's a term of operational art that uh, was, uh, I think, first coined uh, maybe in about uh, 2008 when uh, Russia invaded Georgia, not Georgia, the American state in the southeast, but Georgia, the sovereign comp- uh, country just above uh Turkey and uh, which has a la- uh, land border and it's one of the former Soviet republics. Uh, but What the Russians did was uh, there was Russian enclaves and Slavic enclaves inside of Georgia, and many of these enclaves were trained, equipped, and organized to be the advance force. The advance force, that's a very key operational term. We'll come back to that in a little bit. But they were the advance force, so in 2008, when uh, Russia conducted a major cyber blitz against Georgia, plus a ground and air offensive and actually naval offensive because they have a little bit of coastline too in the black sea. Um, those little green men were very important and decisive in the Russian advances. Uh, and it was different. The previous year was the su- summer of cyber love in Estonia. There's a little green man. That's one of the Baltic States, uh, very tech savvy, high tech. I know them. Well, I used to travel there as part of my official DOD duty duties. Uh, but uh, a little green man problem there, but the Estonians have uh, effectively uh, kept that under control. But it was effective in Georgia. But then again, in 2014, right after the Sochi Olympics, where Putin invaded Ukraine, and again, a lot of Russian enclaves, especially in the Donbass, and just as I learned in Bosnia during my my uh, tour there in uh, 1997, uh, Russia. This is part of their their fifth generation warfare, if you want to call it that, uh, where they, uh, if there's a Slavic enclave, that's Russia, no matter where it is in the world. The Russians consider that Russia, and they will use that as a pretext to invade and intervene. And so that's where the little green term, little green men, c- comes from. So, Colonel Rhett John, 
what does that have to do with America? Well, we have a little green man problem ourselves. Uh, the the Chinese have have attempted to use the little green man uh, 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 angle in Taiwan, and especially in the run up to the uh, the twenty twenty election, the January twenty twenty elections where Tsai uh, uh, Ing-wen uh, was, uh, President Tsai uh, was running for re-election. Uh, uh, she was with the DPP party in Taiwan, country I, I know reasonably well, used to have to travel there as part of my official duties as the DOD cyber liaison between Department of Defense and the Taiwan Ministry of National Defense. So, and I was actually asked for my uh, my observations in advance of this election, and and uh, and well, the, the Taiwanese are very good about enacting whatever you say. So always be very careful what you say because they will do it. And they enacted a law, a national security law, in December 2019 that said uh, you cannot take foreign money as part of uh, election activities in Taiwan. And uh, they passed it and immediately made a number of arrests, mostly of the legacy, uh, the other party, the Kuomintang, uh, and uh, really did an excellent job of shutting down the little green man problem in uh, Taiwan. It's still there. Uh, it's not there. It's not perfect. You're always going to have leakers through the security network. But uh, they've they've done a pretty good job in uh, Taiwan and in other places too uh, in Asia. And I'm not going to mention where uh, China has attempted to use this little green man scenario also. And and the success of the uh, uh, Taiwan and shutting down the Chinese little green man problem uh, infuriated the uh, Chinese, and they took it out on in April in the elections in. Uh, South Korea, where they effectively used uh, Moon Jae-in as uh, their sleeper. You know, he was uh, uh, president, and they were having uh, legislative elections, and uh, effectively took over for a short period of time until the conservatives were able to rally, get their act together, and throw out uh, Moon Jae-in and his whole uh, whole team, and uh, and reasserted control. Thank God for that. Uh, but uh, and then the Chinese, I would assert took it out on us in November, where they funded Antifa, where they funded Black Lives Matter, where they destabilized the domestic environment, and where they do to this day with fentanyl. So the Chinese uh, are running a little green man scenario inside of America. I think this is a mortal danger. This is very serious. And I just recently came back from Panama with the great uh, Michael Yan and the great Ann Vandersteel. Uh, where we 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 were focused when I when I arrived because they were doing a lot of work in the Darien Gap and other places and documenting the absolutely out of control uh, uh, northward movement through through the Darien Gap in Panama of many illegals from many countries, uh, but this growing growing trend of Chinese and you know so one of the ways you always spot a Chinese paramilitary in Central and uh, Central America is they're moving up to cross the border or supervise supervise uh, fentanyl production in northern Mexico. Look for the flat stomachs, look for the good teeth, look for the military haircut. Those are the three indicators immediately that kind of give things away flat stomach because they're in shape uh oftentimes uh and so uh you know usually military has as a flatter stomach and i just 
I just realized I was, I was, I need to get back to my, my fighting weight. My wife put me on a program and I dropped 35 pounds and starting to look really like I'm back in fighting shape. And I appreciate that. Thank you uh, to my, uh, my wonderful wife, but it, look, look for that. That's always the giveaway. And usually they're the ones who are evasive, won't look you in the eyes and don't want to talk to you. Those who are friendly, have bad teeth and have a bit of a gut on them. Um, yeah, they might be uh, uh, Tong members, uh, organized crime members, but most likely they're they're just caught in the in the flotsam and jetsam of those trying to get out of China or or get illegally into the United States for better opportunity. But you know, watch out when you see those flat stomachs, good teeth, and military haircuts. Probably paramilitaries, and there's a reason I use the term. A lot of people have been using the term military. These are Chinese military or special operators, which they may very well be, but have had to run literal action packages for signature by the Secretary of Defense in the White House, uh, the president, on special operate special activities. And uh, there's a legal term that I think is quite appropriate. Because paramilitary, we don't know exactly who they are, but a paramilitary puts them in the category where they are a lawful combatant on the battlefield, which means what? Which means if we get an authorization to use military force and make a dramatic teaching point in northern Mexico, um, these are lawful combatants on the battlefield that can be schwacked. That's a technical term. Just remember that technical term, schwacked. And so, we have, but they're 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 coming across. They are definitely coming across the border. They are overseeing fentanyl production in northern Mexico. They're killing ten thousand Americans a month. If that's not compelling, and evidence of war and uh, unrestricted warfare against America, I frankly don't know what to say. So there's that. But let let me go through. I think there's roughly seven actions we need Congress to force immediately upon the Biden team. And I think this would get, this is getting really stronger bipartisan attention. But first of all, I think one of the most important things is reestablish a China task force focused on Chinese ta uh, influence operations, which existed, but then the Craven Merrick Garland, uh, uh, supposedly are the attorney general for all Americans, but just is, is just one of the most shameless, uh, partisan hacks we've ever had as an attorney general. And, you know, his son-in-law, you know, you know, was, you know, is, is, you know, involved neck deep in the, uh, all the CRT curriculum they're trying to push down, uh, push onto school, school districts. But we need to reestablish a, a, a the China task force and make it even more robust. Would be led by the FBI. I know, yes, we have a problem of weaponization, but there are also some good folks at the FBI. I will assure you, and the several dozen whistleblowers we have now are, are good manifest evidence of this. But we need an aggressive China task force. This and hey, Ray, uh, FBI Director Ray just said, hey, China's the number one problem. Well, if China's the number one problem, start acting like it. Now, I know it's his boss who who dissolved the China task force. I know many in, with the FBI were not happy when Merrick Garland, because he's, oh, we're just going to merge it all. Because if we say China, that means we're racist. You know, what a bunch of horse dump. So um, 
That's one. Second one, we have to secure the southern border. And suddenly the Biden team likes walls. And I, I, I give a lot of credit to Michael Yan, and there's been a couple other, uh, Ben Berkowitz, uh, uh, but uh, Ann Vandersteel um, and uh, the uh, oh, Operation Burning Edge. I'm sorry, uh, Ann and Michael, but the, the operation, they've been really focused and doing a great job. But suddenly the Biden team likes walls. Well, okay, great. Name and shame, shame them into action. I, I mean, I don't know how much of this is real. Uh, it does seem like there's suddenly been an interest, but okay, uh, for, force it, uh, force them. And oh, back on point one, the China task force, um, uh, we, we should move to impeach Merrick Garland if he doesn't take immediate action. Now, with this one on securing the southern border, regardless of progress made on the Biden wall, um, we need to impeach Mayorkas. Absolutely uh, uh, grotesquely incompetent, enabling, uh, just malfeasant in any way, shape or form, doing nothing to protect Americans. Uh, need to impeach him regardless of whether that wall gets built faster or not. Third one, we need to shut down all Chinese influence operations immediately. Now, they, they just, uh, they are relentless on their shape-shifting of different variations and forms of these influence operations. After being pointed out for years, finally, uh, this year, uh, the, the Chinese police station problem got attention and the FBI did make some arrests and did shut down some police stations. And a lot of this also, it's State Department uh, because any of these activities have to be approved by State Department. So got to really pound State Department because the shame on them. They knew this this stuff was going on and they, they, they turned a blind eye to it. But the Confucius Institutes, we need to shut down. I mean, supposedly there's been action, but it's been a little unclear. There was a Confucius Institute in Panama we drove by. Um, but we need to shut down everything, everything, all these land purchases. Uh, and the, that is a significant gap and seam in CIF uh, Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States and also the uh, 2018 FIRMA Act, Foreign Investment Risk Review Modernization Act, which kind of CFIUS got kind of absorbed into. Uh, that's a gap and seam. There actually is no federal law against uh, either reporting requirement, uh, review requirement, or anything requirement on foreign land purchases. It's uh, essentially state by state, whatever the state states want to do. And there have been some states that have stood up, and it was citizens uh, in North Dakota uh, that uh, really uh, 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 the uh, Air Force Base up there in the northeast uh, uh northeast corner that they're the citizens are the ones who really rose up so good on them but got to shut down all chinese influence activities number four we need to target all legal and illegal cannabis operations in america and i know we have a huge disconnect between federal and state laws on cannabis growing cannabis use of cannabis i'm totally against it i know i go on some of these shows that are more um, um independent minded or libertarian and they go oh come on john oh, hold on. this is we have a crisis here and there has been this very noteworthy agglomeration of chinese nationals 
uh, whether they're here legally or not, uh, uh, focusing and becoming part of the legal slash illegal cannabis operations. And there's a number of states where it's legal, and but everybody's saying, I can't survive operating under the oversight, especially in California. So I can't survive if I follow the California rules. So I'm just going to do it however I want to do it. And I'm just going to blow off the uh, blow off the state of California. So, but Chinese nationals are very, very noticeable and have gravitated toward this. So all of them uh, legal or illegal involved in cannabis need to be immediately rounded up and detained and and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more now fifth we got to designate the people's liberation army strategic support force a terrorist organization this is a very it's not a well understood major command in the people's liberation army it's general ja ju who's the commander and we need to designate him a terrorist this is the group leading the worldwide little green man operation and fentanyl oversight. So they need to be designated a terrorist organization along with general Ja. Next, we need a congressional authorization to use military force so we can make a demonstrative and uh, clear teaching point, drop a J dams on one of these, uh, uh, communist chinese led operations uh uh making fentanyl and you'll see them scurrying for the airport and finally we need to do a domestic detention center for all foreign nationals deemed to be chinese paramilitaries or foreign terrorists and start rounding them up and uh questioning them processing them for incarceration or deport uh, deportation and this is this is an urgent national security crisis and we need to do something about this now uh that we need to declare a presidential emergency but we also need to review this presidential emergency process too many of these have been weaponized but so this is colonel rhett john and i could be re- reached substack getter truce uh, colonel rhett john new book war against the deep state we're in a crisis do not fret fretting is a sin and we will prevail we will prevail So just have faith. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, 
ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, everyone. This is Colonel Retired John Mills. So in this third segment, what I wanted to go over was this mystery of this Chinese submarine. And uh, uh, if you haven't been following events, uh, back in August, uh, actually Newsweek had a story about it. Um, I'm on the Committee on Present Danger, founded by uh, Brian Kennedy and uh uh, Frank Gaffney has uh, a number of luminaries on board, Committee on Present Danger China. And uh, this topic came up and we discussed it. It was just <clears throat> unclear. The initial reports on this submarine had it placed in the uh, in the Taiwan Straits. And just, just for everybody's information, the Taiwan Straits, it, it just kind of runs kind of from the 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 northeast to the southwest between the country of Taiwan and uh, China and it's uh, at the top end it's about a 100 mile separation at the bottom end it's about 125 to about 150 miles depending they also have a forward county called Pengu uh, county um they also have Kinmen and and uh uh Matsu, which are just literally within artillery range right off the coast of, uh, I mean, just islands, small islands right off the coast. But, you know, this is a nice tank trap to prevent invasion, but it's, it's roughly 600 feet maximum depth. So when these first reports started coming out, it just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. In, in, in case of conflict, and I think it's getting closer uh, with China wanting to invade Taiwan, uh, you, you know that whole that whole roughly rectangular box <clears throat> is uh, not a not a not a good place to put your nuclear attack submarines. Now, now nuclear attack submarines, you, you know, six hundred feet. They can go deeper than six hundred feet, and so it's relatively shallow waters. And one of your high-value assets and platforms, such as your nuclear attack submarine, whether you're American Navy, uh, 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 Japanese Navy, South Korean Navy, Chinese Navy, do you really want to put it in that constrained, shallow box? Because in uh, in conflict, very likely there's going to be a string of mines placed, and you don't need a whole lot uh, at the top end. It's only a hundred miles, so you only need about one every. Uh, you maybe need ten at the top, maybe twelve, fifteen at the bottom, and uh, uh, because of uh, the American quick strike mines or the submarine launched mobile mines. We may have encapsulated torpedoes. We used to have those during the Cold War. I don't know if they're still in the inventory. They're not publicly listed on the Navy inventory anymore. Uh, but it, it becomes a kill box. So why would you want to put your nuclear submarine? So that for the first reports of this accident, just because it placed it right in 
the Taiwan Straits. And it's like, well, that is going to be a pretty dicey situation for a nuclear attack submarine. Uh, it just you, all you need to do is just launch torpedoes into the water and they're going to be able to to censor and seek and destroy anything there. So it's it's not going to be a good place to put your nuclear attack boats. So the story came, but there was a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter from Chinese expatriates, different groups, um, not necessarily going to name them, but uh, a number of personalities, uh, Chinese personalities on on X, now Twitter, or uh, Twitter, now X. And uh, it just, but the story continued and there's a lot of details and these Chinese expatriate groups, I put a lot of, uh, I put a lot of uh, merit I listen and pay attention because a lot of stuff gets out of China. Uh, it's a totalitarian, thuggish state. Uh, they are you're using, they are aggressively surveilling the the internet uh, and using advanced artificial intelligence to go after anybody who's considered a threat to the uh, regime. But uh, a lot of information still gets out. A lot of information still gets out. So, um Newsweek had a report. Now I'm looking at the uh, Newsweek report right now. It was mentioned as a Type 93 uh, Chinese uh, nuclear attack submarine, but uh, not just in Newsweek, but uh, in the Daily Mirror and every place else, they were always showing one of their Type 94 nuclear ballistic missile submarines. I don't know why. You know, there's dramatic difference. Uh, you, know, you can tell them right away the difference. Uh, and the Type 94s, of the People's Liberation Army Navy. That's the official title. Sounds a bit goofy, but everything is part of the People's Liberation Army. So you got the People's Liberation Army Air Force, the People's Liberation Army Marine Corps, and you got the People's Liberation Army Navy. That's just the way it is. Talk to G if you don't like it. But uh, yeah, they're Type 94s. They look like our early uh, Polaris boats. Uh, they don't look like our later... Uh, uh, they don't look like our, our trident boats. Um, but these stories continued on. They've, uh, no pun intended, they've surfaced again, but with a little bit of a, a wrinkle. And I think a very important wrinkle and something that makes a lot more sense because now the uh, the stories and the details are placing uh, the actual uh, 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 location of the event much further up the Chinese coast, uh, past Shanghai, uh, uh, you got a big inlet that leads all the way toward Peking, uh, Beijing, excuse me, which is not on the water, but it has a river inlet. Uh, but that, that's called the Yellow Sea up there. And if you continue on around, you go to uh, Leoning, which is the old Port Arthur, which ter terrible, terrible conflict occurred between the Japanese and the Russians. That's the old Port Arthur uh, from Russian days. And it continues on around to North Korea and South Korea. So that's the Yellow Sea. But above Shanghai is where this accident's located at. Now, what the, what the Chinese clearly would like to do is they'd like to create a bastion. A bastion is defended water area. So their ballistic missile submarines and, and their submarines come out and do missions, uh, shoot missiles <clears throat> from relative safe safety. And they'd like to create a barrier of attack submarines and mines and everything to keep out American subs, South Korean subs, and Japanese Navy submarines. And the, the 
Koreans and the uh, Japanese have developed quite a formidable fleet. So, so the now the accident location is up above Shanghai on the coastline, and the description is. Now, the Daily Mirror described it as a large net, and it almost gave the impression it was not just a fixed or static net. It was um, perhaps some kind of a moving net or uh, mechanical to trap the submarine. So an undersea netting, and that's very interesting, undersea netting. So why were they doing this? Well, I'll tell you. The reason is, this was a Soviet concept during the Cold War. They they want to create this massive safe area. For them, it's the Yellow Sea. For the Chinese, it's the Yellow Sea. It's also the South China Sea. That's why they want to create those barriers of, of uh, uh, islets uh, that have now been developed or reefs or shoals that have now been developed into islands because most of their ballistic missile submarines are... Um, come out of Hainan Island and they got an underground submarine base there. That's that's right. I did say underground. It's a very, very complex facility. Spent a lot of time and resources on tunneled facilities and it's totalitarians love tunnels. Um, it's really not always the best use of time and resources because uh, one way or another, a tunnel needs an opening, a tun tunnel needs oxygen and it's pretty easy to figure that out. And, you just cut off the oxygen, uh, you know, cut off the door, or blow, uh, uh, you know, essentially fall the door or collapse the tunnel entrance, and that's it for everybody inside. So, so they want to create a bastion, though, that they have safe waters. That is, you know, they really fear the American nuclear attack, attack submarines. But this, yeah, this description from the Daily Mirror is quite disturbing. Um, it's. Uh, some kind of a uh, um, uh, it could just been described as a net, a chain and anchor obstacle. Um, so you know, and so I think it was probably an undersea barrier uh, intentionally placed there by the uh, by the Chinese to essentially uh, um, ca uh, 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 catch a uh, an American British. South Korean or Japanese submarine. One one thing with obstacles, and and I don't mean to make light. It looks like the Type ninety three was was immobilized uh, systems. The the oxygen oxygen scrubbing system uh, that recirculates the air failed, um, and it looks like they asphyxiated. And one thing about obstacles or mines, you always need to make sure they are very clearly marked. I would, it would call it the joint operational graphic. You don't want friendly fire incidents or friendly fire tragedies like this because you want, you want, you want these to be classified and secret, but you got an, your own side has to know about them. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to have one of your own people step on your own mine. And knowing the totalitarian system, they are so psycho crazy about these things. They put out a, an obstacle like this that could be deadly, and then they don't even tell their own submarine crews about it. Pretty, pretty bad, pretty pathetic, pretty par for the course for a totalitarian nation. Now, the number 55 keeps sets that keeps coming up now the uh, um, uh, on the crew. Now, the crew's larger than that. Um, and... Uh, 
but but for some reason the the, the number 55 keeps coming up and the type 93 uh they're built at bohai which are up is up high uh on the yellow sea that's where their nuclear uh, submarines are made at there's supposedly six in service, and what's interesting, I think the designate the, the starting number it's ninety three dash four oh seven, and this one, uh, that's just the 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 whole number four oh seven. But this one is listed as ninety three dash four seventeen in the reports. Well, public reporting only shows these being made up to about. Uh, uh, there's only about six in service, so it'd be about four thirteen is the is the whole number that would be the highest. So either the public reporting is lagging, uh, wrong, inaccurate, uh, or somebody's playing a little bit of an information warfare and putting a wrong whole number out there. I don't know, but that's 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 a little odd too, because they're only supposed to have about six in service right now. So. We got about, uh, you know, about four unaccounted, unaccounted for. If that's the case, or that haven't been, that are in service, but these are <clears throat> these are roughly six thousand tons submerged, a little over six thousand tons submerged. Nuclear attack submarines. They don't appear to have vertical launch system like our Virginia class submarines which are latest attack submarines and uh we're going to the block four uh which should have four to four to to six of the vertical launch uh tubes which i think have i think it's six uh um each uh, uh spaces for uh, uh, uh different uh, missiles such as the tomahawk I don't know if we have a sub-launched Lorazm yet. That's a long-range anti-ship missile, about a 500-mile range. But, you know, we can start to carry, I think, about 42 weapons uh, in addition to the six torpedo tubes. Or we, we usually have four torpedo tubes, excuse me. So this, this uh, Type 93 is equal to our older Los Angeles boat uh, boats. And we have roughly about 20, 20 you know, a little over 20 still in service. Um, and the, the rest, we got about yeah, I think we got about 46, 48 attack boats right now. The red, the balance would be the the newer Virginias all the way. Uh, we're building block fours now. I don't think we have any delivered. So this is a fairly advanced, you know, roughly the same. It's assessed as being roughly the same speed and the, the all important quietness. It's 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 you know considered equivalent to uh, our our Los Angeles class as far as quiet. Uh. uh and that's because that's all important. Because uh, on, on all these all these sounds are tracked. I mean, that's how we're we're, we're tracking them because we have all these sounds cataloged. And uh, um, so it appears the Chinese set a trap and caught one of their own submarines, and looks like they killed the crew. And uh, you know, we haven't lost a submarine since I think it was 1967, and the Scorpion. Now, there's a lot of questions about the Scorpion. The Thresher uh, earlier in the 60s, uh, that was, it seems, I think it's relatively been established. That was a systems failure. The Scorpion, a little bit different. A lot of mystery over that one. A lot of uh, even, even intrigue and conspiracy that um, it was sunk by a uh, Soviet attack boat. Um, uh, so... 
you know, we don't, uh, it's not, not, it's, it's unclear, unclear on that one, but we haven't lost attack uh, submarines in 67. So this is a rather significant loss. I can assure you the Chinese chain of command totalitarian is going bonkers right now, uh, signing blame. So uh, uh, this is very, very concerning. Um, but it, it, again, I'm not, I don't mean to make light of it. You got to mark your operational graphic so you don't have these these horrible tragedies. Now, it also brings up the subject of the lost art of submarine netting and booms and obstacles, which we really were really have been forgotten since the the Second World War. And you know, there's there's movies out there, old black and white films where you'd see these uh, Hollywood uh, swimming pool representations of a sub trying to get through mines and obstacles, which there was a lot of truth to that. And a lot of uh, a lot of our, our incredibly brave submariners passed because of that. But it's a. Uh, um, it's a real thing. And it also brought up the fact, uh, I think it's Portsmouth uh, 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 Naval uh, Naval base for the for the Brits, their primary naval base. Um, they have a physical barrier, I believe. Last time I looked at some overhead photos, they have some physical barriers um, over the entrance. Why? It's a World War II holdover. It's very effective to make sure you don't get any swimmers or mini subs into the harbor. So we we need to do that the same for our naval base. We don't have anything over the mouth of Guam or Pearl or Puget Sound or San Francisco or San Diego. We need to do something about that because as the Ukrainians are showing, I'm not taking sides in the conflict in any way, but the Ukrainians have been brilliant in their uh, use, often helped by the British Special Forces, SBS. Uh, running uh, relatively inexpensive uh, drones into the harbor and just shellacking uh, uh, the uh, Russian bases, uh, naval base. They just blew up a submarine in the dry dock. So that's this is a harbinger, harbinger of things to come, and we need to take a lesson learned here and guard our own harbors with submarine netting also. Big story. So but great being with you. Check me out. The waragainstthedeepstate.com Colonel Rhett John Substack Getter and Truth We'll see you next episode